0: everyone welcome back to the travel Mouth podcast I'm here with my friend Alan Alan how you doing man I'm doing well Jeff thanks for having me man yeah I'm really glad you're here I'm excited to talk to you so uh anything you want to tell us before we get started about uh what you've been up to these days
1: uh we're just in the middle of a move actually we closed the tap room down last night for the last time uh oh at, damn just a location where we opened up and uh so we're closed for two weeks we opened up our beer garden towards the end of April. Nice. And then, uh getting back at it. So it's weird. I mean this weird little we got a lot to do, but I have like a breather for the first time in a while because I'm not I don't know. There's too much going on and not enough going on. You know what I mean?
0: Well, it's breathers fun. are good. I, good I feel like that, that that means you're gonna be extra ready to go when things get going in the beer garden for you guys and maybe you'll have some some new plans, ways to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. Went out and hung out with the kids today, went and saw a movie, good. got a day off. It was pretty it was pretty sweet. So yeah, we're taking advantage of it. School vacation week here. So, you know, gotta do awesome. what we can do. good timing
0: always important to slow down I I absolutely appreciate that so I wanted to to start with you uh, on on an interesting take that you had on cinnamon and turkey gravy and you know like I've uh I've had some Cincinnati chili with some cinnamon in it and I think that can work if you do it right you really got to be light-handed with it and that was something you also talked about so uh tell me about yeah. that and where that even came from like how did that yes. happen?
1: this this uh started by mistake um so a lot it. of times <laughs> it's one of those things that you know as many I, mistakes are too. the best when they yes. work yeah it's like it's like oops i didn't mean to do that oh, that's actually what? Kind of good i think i'll do that again yeah nice um so uh thanksgiving turkey um we'd use cinnamon as part of part of the aromatics um and i would go down and leave before i had the brewery would go down and drink at a local bar after we get the turkey in the oven then come back and um, nice. Then we had the brewery. I'd do the same thing. We'd go down and open up and and have beers at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, and so my wife took over cooking the turkey after a few years, and um, was following my instructions. Called me, asked me a few questions. He goes, you know, after, we cook two turkeys. By the way, we always do one uh, two days ahead. Get one done so we can break down the bones. Everything else, take the meat off it, um, and then player. use that to make our stock to make our gravy. How I stock. cook. Yeah, that's yeah, right? Gotta, cooking right gotta there. You got to do the low, slow cooking, right? Uh, take yeah. a couple days to make the flavor. So um, I forgot to tell her to take the aromatics out of the carcass before you put it in the pot to boil it down. Um, so there's a couple cinnamon sticks in there. And uh, we found out when she was straining it out, she goes, oh, my God, I left cinnamon in the gravy. And I was like, don't worry about it. You know, it's a dark gravy anyway. Uh, it should be fine. It should be all right. But I was real nervous. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> gonna lie. Like Thanksgiving dinner, we got all this gravy. And is it going to taste like cinnamon? I don't know, man. Um, so we didn't tell anybody and, uh, we had it out there and everyone's like, oh, this gravy is so great this year. You know, and everyone's complimenting the, the gravy. We didn't tell anybody with cinnamon in it, but, uh, ever since then we started putting a little bit of cinnamon in it. If there's a, a, a chance, just if it's a dark gravy a beef gravy and turkey gravy, uh, so you make not on the lighter side, but you know, you can really kind of get a rich, dark flavor. Cinnamon's just a nice little pop to it. You know, you can take over, yeah. um, uh, I don't know. A lot of, we like an herb, an herby gravy anyway, right? So, uh, like to kind of get some aromatics in there if we can. And I don't know. Cinnamon's just a nice, it's rich, it's warm. And around the holidays, I wouldn't do it in the summer, you know, but between that Thanksgiving, Christmas time, it's just a nice, I don't know, feels right.
0: And, and it works with all those sides that you'd expect there, too. Just a, a light touch yep. of cinnamon in there. I could see that working with, you know, the cranberry sauce, the mashed potatoes, everything else that's kind of partners yeah, fits with the, right in. the gravy. Yeah, it does. Like, I get that. I could, and, and I know people put nutmeg or just a slight touch of nutmeg in their gravy sometimes too. So I could see how that would even kind of
1: play yep. along a little bit yep. too. Similar,
0: so, similar yeah. little,
1: you know, a little spice you note, know, not, not a lot, you know, just enough, just to give you a little, just a little character.
0: I would definitely try this and I, I plan to now I'll, I'll call it secret cinnamon though. And I won't tell anyone.
1: Right. You know, we'll do it with <laughs> real dark gravy. If you can get a real nice, rich, dark, dark, dark brown, uh, you know, I don't think it would work great in a, a kind of. You know, the off-the-shelf uh, looking the, the lighter, you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't want one of those white gravies.
0: I would agree. Yeah. And yeah. and same thing if you want to do secret cinnamon the beer, it would need to be a darker beer, like a yeah, a double Cinnamon's so, t-
1: so tough in beer.
0: It's so tough. It is. I would agree.
1: Yeah. We 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 did we've done a couple, and either you don't taste it and you get just kind of a little there's a little kind of mouthfeel to it, or a little, you know, a little like a character, like a warming character. Yeah. Or you taste too much of it and it kind of gets earthy and, and I don't know. It just, it gets weird real fast.
0: <laughs> I did, I did a beer where I actually like looked up the cinnamon blend that, uh, what's the, oh what's the, uh, cinnamon roll place in the mall, uh, Cinnabon. Oh, 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 I looked, oh, up, yeah. I looked yep. up their proprietary blend, what it's supposed to be. And I ordered those three cinnamons and created a, that cinnamon blend and used it in a beer and it worked pretty well, actually, I must say, it, actually, that's be- the best one I ever did. Uh, Hmm. I know it was a sour. I'm not remembering exactly what we did with it, though. I think it was was some some kind of sour dessert beer. It was like a fruited. Yeah, it was one of the Scully series. And I think it was like a cinnamon pear, I believe. I'd I'd have to look it up. I like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
1: We've done it in sours more than I've done a couple stouts, but we did a um, um, uh, gin barrel aged Belgian golden strong ale with peaches and Ceylon cinnamon. And it's, it's gorgeous. It's like a winter sangria. We did that oh. with uh with a couple other breweries and friends of ours will be doing this ongoing cocktail inspired but not cocktail beer thing. I don't want to yeah. say it's a Manhattan or say it's a this or say it's a, it just it's it's uh you know inspired by loosely. Yeah, and
0: I did ones like that too where it's like I know those flavors work and I know that the challenge is going to be to balance them and actually make them all show up and it's like challenge accepted. I want to try to ring something even if it's not, you know, that cocktail. It's it's reminiscent of those flavors and I I always enjoyed making cocktail inspired stuff too and then also blurring the lines between beer and cocktails like yeah asking people to step over oh i only really drink cocktails but have you tried this manhattan inspired beer it's pretty good right <laughs> right yeah we're
1: starting to when you get good spirit barrels you can have some fun or even some good wine barrels we're trying to do some lower alcohol high like high grape ratio um you know beers this year I don't know, that's my goal nice. to, to play around with
0: that's fun stuff i i really again yeah blurring the lines i just love that i feel like Beer has so much more to do than it's done so far, and and I think those kind of hybrid beers and cocktail inspired beers are are great ways to kind of take it in new directions that that aren't necessarily dumping the cookie aisle or the cereal aisle into the uh, <laughs> fermenter. Yeah. Which is
1: those are okay too, but yeah, there's some great stuff going on in the the, the there are it's more, just, nuanced, it's more nuanced oh, side I, of the aisle.,
0: I just feel like that direction is being explored thoroughly, and I would love to see <laughs> I would love to see some new directions uh flushed yeah. out a little more. yeah
1: I'm just waiting on that grape dot beer, you know General Mills has been hitting pretty hard, but post hasn't come to represent yet. <laughs>
0: Oh, grape nuts are so good there are some malts <laughs> that to me yeah man there are some malts that to me just taste and smell like grape nuts and those are some of my favorites like i love a good you know like low c malt um
1: right just do, because do, it tastes
0: like grape nuts yeah do
1: you like do you like grape grape nut custard i have to ask that question oh
0: absolutely and, oh, and that's yeah. kind of how i was interviewed introduced to eating like even i don't like the texture of things like yogurt and custard yep. in yep. general i'm with you just there. adding some weird. like Yeah, but just adding some like uh, grape nuts or even wheat germ was something I had tried too. Same kind of thing. Just adds up just enough. Yeah. (laughs) Textural difference. I
1: hate the texture. I love the taste though. So it's one of those like, I like bread pudding too, but you got to get it. I I like it firmer than, than, than soggier, you know? Yeah. Oh
0: man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Me too. I had to ask that question. I just makes you think. that's a great question. Grape nut custard. I don't know who eats that these days, but. I have had it.
0: (laughs) I have had it. Yeah, my dad always had grape nuts around. And actually his combo, I think Raisin Bran's got a shout out earlier. His combo was Raisin Bran and grape nuts. He would just combine the two and that's, yeah, that was pretty much breakfast for, and that was always available to me as well, so. Yeah, Just I still a get a grape
1: nut custard ice cream every year at the ice cream stand. At least one. So, nice. yeah, it's
0: good. Love <laughs> it. Well, let's talk, let's talk a minute about something that we both appreciate quite a bit, which is Belgian frites with mayo. Oh, and man. And where, oh. where you gained that appreciation? Like, where did you first have it?
1: Um, so, I've never actually had proper, proper, proper Belgian sure, frites. Sure, but somebody them the making States. them,
0: yeah. Yeah, I've had them in the States. Um, I don't know
1: where I would have first had them, but I can tell you some okay. of the best places I've had them. Yeah, please. Um, I have a, a standout memory at um, La Trap in San Francisco, um, being down there in the kind of basement, Belgian bar they had, uh, having mussels frites and getting to drink um, some fun beers with the owner there. We drank, uh, I think that's the first time I had uh, West London in 12 as well. Um, but just getting like proper, proper frites, well fried um, with mayo and then having them as a side to, to mussels was just uh, an experience for me that was awesome. Um, and then searching for those closer to home, because I'd had them out there, um, there's a place, the public house near us, which does uh, a Belgian kind of, an older Belgian style beer hall. I hate nice. to say their menu probably doesn't have a ton of Belgian stuff on it anymore. Maybe it's coming back, but um, that was the spot in, in college and afterwards where we used to go and hang out. And they had absolutely standout uh, uh, free to as well. And then um, I started making them at home, trying to chase that—you know, chase that. How do I get down this? And oh, we, good, I've done this we too. We make them. We make them all right at home. You know, but they're not—they're not—they don't stand up to the outside world, but they're—they're they're pretty good. Um, but then there's a place that we have up in Maine here, which does them in duck fat. Uh, that's actually the name of the place. Oh. It's uh, duck fat, and so they do proper frites And at Oxbow. They've actually set up a little uh, frite shack outside, so I can get my kids to go and just sit there and eat these things all day long. Um, and they're just—they're phenomenal um so i don't know i've been chasing that for a while i want to learn how to make them better myself
0: yeah i just i'm yeah, such delicious. a huge fan of having them done right and so if, if they're on a menu somewhere i'm like all right let's give it a go <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know you it gotta, doesn't always work try. out but
1: nope, yeah no nope, no nope. and some people I mean, will say they're frites and they're they're crap but whatever i mean you get you get real quick yeah. you guys are talking about steak fries recently and i think there's if you can get a good steak fry it, it could be similar but not it's not the same you know
0: no it isn't. And that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me just trying to get a free. A lot of times I'm like, ah, oh, they got steak fries close enough. I'll I got it. it. I, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh,
1: that, that that nice crisp and, and, and then a good, a good proper aioli. My stomach hates it, but it, it, they're delicious, you know?
0: Yeah, man. I, uh, yeah. So, so what's I, your favorite? I'm going to like tell, a, uh, I'm, I go straight Mayo. I mean, I do yeah. dabble. I try pretty much everything else, but you know, like, Oh, they got a remoulade that they specially make here. Okay. I'll try that. Like, I I do sample around, but really, it's gonna be mayo and the richest mayo. You know, the fattiest okay. mayo they have. Yeah. yeah,
1: I like a curry a curry mayo because I'm a big fan also of like Irish uh, 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 chips and gravy. So, you know, like a yeah. nice curry, like a real yeah. nice curry. So I don't know. I love I love curry mayo is real good too.
0: Yeah, I. I love all sauces on it, but I always am going to want the mayo. And there's this weird thing like when you get them in the cone in Belgium where they like kind of squirt it onto the hot fries right after they came out of the fryer. And so the mayo actually gets like sort of steamed and cooked a little bit and it it changes it somewhat. It gets this different kind of texture. I don't know how to explain it exactly. Yeah, um, I, I know what you mean. It hot kind of mayo. It hardens a little bit, but also gets a little yeah. softer. Yeah. Cause it's an eggy product. So it just kind of, yeah. I don't know, it changes the consistency a little bit and, uh, and eating it hot. It's just a, uh, it's one of my favorite experiences. And I, I remember the very first time I had uh, frites and it was such a formative experience. I was a really little kid. My dad was in the air force um, stationed in Germany and I was swimming at the pool on base and they had a little French fry cart where they were making palm frites. And I had my very first palm frites and, you know, just standing there dripping wet. And it was like, it was a revelation. It was one of those like food moments where, you know, it's kind of like dramatic and all, but it really felt like, this is where has this been all my life? You know, yeah. that whole thing of like, I thought I liked French fries. What is this? No, no you're, you're like, this is, <laughs> this is fr- what, what are French fries? like? This, this is the, the pinnacle. I don't thing. even why, want French fries this? anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it almost no. made me, you know, that thing about like you go to Europe or whatever, and then you're like a snob towards, towards other stuff. But like, that's kind of, yeah. I was like, I don't know. French fries are fine, but.
1: <laughs> I'm with you. Everyone loves McDonald's yeah. fries. I, after having real frites one time, I was like, I, I'm all set. I don't need any, any uh, yeah. uh, fast food fries. They're not going to do it for me. <laughs> exactly oh it's too funny yeah i don't know they're just they're, they're great I, I gotta get to belgium eventually i'm trying to uh i haven't told my wife yet but i was looking bob sylvester's doing his trips with bob so i, I put my name on the list so i kind of have to go
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, I put my name on the list to get the emails too, and I I hope I have the money to do it then. Me too. Uh, Me too. I want to <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a cheap setup, but he's got so many connections there. I feel like it'd be yeah. worth it just to like all the wonderful people you get to meet. And i I'll, I'll tell you from my experience of going over there, it's a great place to be. It's beautiful and all that, but it's really about the people. The people there yeah. are awesome. It's a whole different like way of living, it's a whole different attitude towards the products, you know, all these things that you celebrate, like they they celebrate yeah. them too. And so it's such a cool, like, you know, you really feel like you're amongst friends as soon as you get there. And it's such a fun feeling. I love it. You'll love it. Yeah. I know you will. Yeah. I've been dying. I too. hope I join <laughs> you. I hope I'm, I hope <laughs> I'm there lifting a glass with you. So right. That would be right. So gotta,
1: yeah. I'm like, we'll make it happen one way or another. The past couple of years have yeah. been, been too weird not to do stuff like this.
0: That was something else you said that I thought kind of touched on what we're talking about now too, is how that food sharing food, especially can create bonds and transcend language and, and how it connects people. And I, you know, 100%. That's why I'm doing this podcast is I feel like that. I don't know if I'd have any friends if it weren't for food and beverage. Those are the things that I use to both connect with people and then also like learn about them as well. So it's it's really fun for me to be like, somebody's like, oh man, this is the best burrito I've ever had. And I'm like, really? Like, where, okay. So where'd you grow up? And like, what burritos have you had? And, you know, (laughs) I like, I want the, I want the deep answer. I don't just want the, you know, the instant answer. So for me uh, doing a podcast like this is really about like that opportunity to, to use the connection we've already made through food and through beverage, and then extend it to like, kind of want to get to know you better honestly yeah. like that's that's level one but then the like why and the how and all that other stuff is like I don't know it's it's the it's the journey of going deeper that I'm excited about in doing this so can you talk a little bit about how food and beverage has connected you to people over your life
1: yeah just uh for a while I traveled for my old job I traveled a fair amount and I traveled solo a lot of times um so you kind of go out and you have an extra day ahead of time and extra on way back and so you're not traveling with a partner, spouse, whatever, and, and you just kind of try to find some cool places. So you go start talking to people, bartenders or whoever you can, and, you know, late at night talking to, to people at shifts out there, you know, where do you guys go and drink when you get out of work? Or What's your favorite spot to hit up? And uh, you just start to make connections. And so most of the people I found I was meeting were food and beverage people. Um, you meet just so Me many too. people in this industry <laughs> who are willing to share things, you know, um, people who, who kind of just give you the silent nod and like, oh. Uh, here, have a have a pour of this, or have have a taste of what we're trying right now. Oh, you're grabbing that. Oh, can I try that bottle? Um, yeah, once you're food. in the
0: club, it's a good good place to be. Is in the club. I agree. I agree. Yep.
1: yep. And then with food, you know, it's it's very similar. You know, uh, my favorite way to eat is when you go to a place and you get to sit right next to a, a kitchen in a small place that's just turning stuff out, and uh, you know, guys are sitting there and they're kind of looking at you, watching them cook and stuff like that, and uh they'll have a conversation with you throw you a little appetizer throw you this that start chatting with you well then you end up having drinks with them after work you know what i mean you end up hanging out with those guys later on and so you start talking about food and talking more and more and i don't know it's just it's it's there's so many memories and so much emotion tied to food for all of us but we're always learning from one another so it's a, a uh anytime you meet people who are interested in the same things it's just it's exciting and you kind of go down that rabbit hole and you realize you can spend hours and hours talking to you never met before about the best burger you ever had or oh you like biscuits well here you ever been to this place or how do you make them you know and just go down go down that rabbit hole you know um and and it continues online because when a lot of us couldn't travel and see each other all of these groups online that kind of at least i'm interested in that that popped up are the fermented food groups and the bread groups Mm -hmm. and pizza groups and um it's all the beer and food stuff and and the same people are having those conversations offline online and and so you, you make friends with people you've never met before. Then you travel somewhere and go, Oh shit, I'm going to be in Chicago. Let me, let me see if uh, Ryan's available. Well, Ryan's available. Let's grab a beer and you finally get to meet some of these people too. So I don't know, just, it's uh, a, people around food tend to be really willing to share ideas and share thoughts and and, because they're excited about the same stuff. And I don't know, I guess that's probably the same, no matter what, what I, what things you're into. Right. So I guess gamers are probably the same way with each other, but for me, it's food and, and, and beer. And those are the people who I've met and, um, I don't know. It just it just it's always great experiences.
0: It's it's about creating community and then landing in the community, you know, that you wanna that fits you and your personality. And if, if it sounds like you're probably a generous person who also likes to share, and you know, it's like you you've kind of landed in a community that fits you as a person, and then yeah. you get to benefit from that because you're a generous person who likes to create and share and and you know give ideas and even help others then maybe uh you're going to get those same things back from the community you're 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 a community builder
1: yeah i think maybe yeah i don't know i just i love the idea of 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 sharing things with people especially if you can make something for someone you know um there's something about that feeling right if it's if you're a musician it's making music to give to someone or art food Definitely. just sharing something that comes from you to give to somebody there's something rewarding about that and seeing them enjoy it you don't get to do that a lot of times and so if you're sharing food with people or sharing drink with people it's kind of it's nice to see that you know
0: i completely agree i it's it's funny because like if i meet somebody and they'll say oh you know eat whatever i i just eat the same thing all the time and i'm not that it's like oh no um so what what do you like to drink like oh i just drink like white claws and i'm like oh no um okay i keep trying i keep trying them uh what bands are you into what bands Oh, no, just right? whatever's on the radio. Oh, darn. Crap. Um, yeah. we're, we're, I don't know if we're going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on.
1: Are you interested in trying some stuff? Let me yeah. tell you a bunch yeah. of <laughs> things real quick and see like, if I can on. open your mind. Yeah.
0: yeah old school games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's it's a lot of times in this world, I'm trying to make connections with people, too. And, uh, you know, I, I do the same thing where I like to ask questions like, uh, so what's your favorite? And what's because I. I guess my whole thoughts on food and bev is that like it's important that we all have a perspective that we own and that we're not. I I, I it's why I don't like hype so much is because I feel yeah. like it's a lot of times letting other people make decisions for them and they're not owning their own perspective and their own decisions. And I I love that in food and beverage I can say that this is my favorite bourbon and I don't really care if you don't like it or not. Like right? this is the bourbon I like to buy. It's thirty five dollars and it's fantastic and screw off
1: yeah. you know and i it, i
0: think everyone should kind of be able to do that and own things on that level
1: we all have our own kind of perspective with it right like you were saying so yeah. we've all come at it from somewhere different and so the little the little things they, they that this might not be the best ever but this is my favorite right well, yeah, sometimes yeah sometimes I, the I guess best i like that, I that. yeah like I, less, I like the favorite
0: over best yeah i you do know? i do like that um
1: just because I don't know, there's things that are more comforting, right? Like I've had, I've had a better version, but this is my favorite version. I want this is what I want to go for, you know? Yeah. Uh, because sometimes you're not looking for that over the top experience. You're looking for the comfort or you're looking for the, um, again, yeah, not the comfort, I guess, really. Right. It's a lot of times you're looking for just that, that feeling, the nostalgia, the, the, oh. the, the atmosphere that, that it's creating.
0: I'll, I'll tie it to Lambic and what I kind of search for in the Lambics I really like and the Goose Blends I really like is I really like a, a minerality. And that's kind of personal to me. I find that a lot of drinkers don't like it when I do blinds and, and I taste them with other people side by side. They don't go for the ones I go for quite as much. And I like like Detroit, and I like, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the, the Tilkin stuff, which he's using some of the stuff that to me has a minerality to it. And I guess you know, I instead of going like, oh, I only drink you know, Trifontan and Cantillon, and you know the the ones everyone's trying to get Rider and whatever. Like, those are all great too, but I am really happy with my less sought after, a uh, little more funky, little more salty. I get you that. Know, varietals,
1: <laughs> so, you know, there's something about the unpolished stuff too. Sometimes there's a little more variety to it, or it's a little more. You know, I, I know. think
0: you're. You're onto something there too. I think I do like that part of it as well. Unpolished, yeah.
1: Sometimes there's just there's you know the, there's there's some great care people pay, and there's also I don't know. Um, I'm a huge Phantom fan, and 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 I, I say that you know I think Danny's a fantastic brewer, um, but a very interesting one, right? And it's it's not about the perfection. It's a it's it's truly a farmhouse brewing mentality in my mind in a lot of ways. But sometimes you'll hit on excellence, and sometimes you'll hit you you'll miss a little bit. Um, but when it's excellent, it just, it takes you somewhere different. And it's, it just, I don't know. It it lets you experience the beer in a different way or the product in a different way. You know, um,
0: I completely agree with that. I, I, I find both him and his product fascinating (laughs) for that reason. Uh, I really do. I think it's such an adventure. Like every bottle is like, what's it going to be? It's so fun. And I've had some, just like you, I've had some excellent bottles and I've had some, question marks but either way it's always uh it's a, an adventure and i, I, I gotta, really appreciate him for that
1: i gotta share this just two quick phantom experiences but one was Please. out in oh, there's this place called freaking frog it used to be on the unlv campus right at the edge of it in vegas okay. and one of the first times i went out there for work i was like i just gotta find some decent beer and it was the only place around it was like a 20 minute cab ride from uh the strip to get out there mm-hmm. And it was this cool spot. They had a bottle room. You could walk into the cellar and kind of pick out your bottles and bring them out. And there's just this solo bottle of phantom with a light behind it. And you could just see through the green bottle and it looked clear and no markings, no labels at all, but that has the phantom cork. And I was like, I, I have to buy that beer. I don't know
0: what it is. <laughs> the uh, ultra mystery. I have, I have to That's buy how they that. should actually be sold. Is just <laughs> with <represents>, no label. <laughs>
1: right. I have my beer. I talked to the bartender. I was like, I have that beer? And they're like, oh, we don't know what it is. We can't sell it to you. And I was like, we well, only have like four of them listed in the book here. I'm like, well, I'll just pay for the most expensive one. I don't I don't think that's what it is, but I'll just, I don't care. I'll just pay for that one. He's like, well, I really can't do it, whatever. And he ended up calling his man, his manager or the boss or whoever, or the owner, and they let him sell it for the most expensive price. Like, yeah, we don't know what it is either. So I think I bought it for like 65 bucks and it was phenomenal. Wow. It was wow. this light, strawberry, effervescent. Like it just, it was amazing. But to this day, we still don't know what Phantom it is. I've, I've drank pretty much every Phantom out there, except for a lot of the Santes and stuff. And
0: uh, never had that one again. I, I haven't
1: had that one. <laughs> that's so cool. But, but it was like, oh, it was so well, good on
0: you for like right. seizing the moment. Like, you know, instead of passing it up and never knowing now, you've at least loved and lost. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And you're like, well, I had that's that beer, so, so great. Just in my Phantom, like in my Phantom book. Right. That's the that's like the highlight of it all. You know, there's, there's also the time I painted a, a, a hotel ceiling um, <laughs> with a well-iced bottle. Um, but uh, that's oh, yeah. a different story, you know? Yeah.
0: I've had a few of those oh, too.
1: Yeah. But I love Danny's beers. They're just fun and <laughs> they're, but there's that rustic side, right? Like when I cook now, I started, I used to be really, really, you know, let's get in and really kind of fine chop everything, make sure everything's perfect. And now it's like, let's just rustic chop this and, and kind of get to the heart of what we're trying to do, which is the flavor, you know, and, and, and kind of take a different approach now. So.
0: Yeah, he's he's been an inspiration for a long time. And then when I heard stories directly from friends of mine that have worked with him, I was just like, yeah, he's just as magical of a Willy Wonka as I thought he was. (laughs) He's just kind of grabbing this spice and throwing it in and that spice. And I don't know, let's just do this today and kind of, you know, just kind of whatever, whichever way the wind blows him. And uh, it's evident in what he does. And I, I find his variation to be quite interesting. So I uh, do as well. (laughs) Yeah. I love that he keeps going, too, and that the world still cares. Like, that's that's yeah. really cool. I know I, he's getting I, close to retirement. I
1: hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. Yeah, yeah I know. He, I know he's going too soon, but it's just like, oh, hold on. A I little know longer. I got to get over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you should. All right. We'll, we'll try not to touch on that too many times. But yes, definitely. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> So, you know, you mentioned a couple of things when I had asked about uh, food allergies or food issues um, that you're, you're dealing with uh, both some allergies and uh, uh, diverticulitis as well. Do you mind talking about that?
1: Oh, yeah, that was that was rough. Um, that's mostly Ca- better now, but it kind of led me down a weird path of I actually eat way less healthy now and, and my intestines do way better. So that's a whole odd thing that happens. But
0: um, I, yeah, I, I, I had never how... understood that portion of it. I've had people explain to me what that was, but I didn't know that you had to to get away from less and processed whole for, foods yeah
1: you don't for everybody um okay uh but for, i will say for me and for what i've gone through it's been uh i went back and forth on the low residue diet so many times yeah it, it yeah. turns out that uh, you know anything that's raw vegetables that has any high fiber content to it just absolutely just wrecks me okay. um which um i don't know there's a period when i was a lot lighter and looked a lot better uh ate a lot less but um Right, you know, healthy raw, raw, raw stuff, and and you know, was eating like raw cashew butter bars for breakfast to make sure I got my protein in the morning, whatever, and, you know, just low calorie and, and and kind of these weird foods. Anyway, I shopped at Whole Foods a lot back then. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, thought it was really healthy and doing really well, and I kept having stomach challenges, and for five years off and on, I kept going through bouts of diverticulitis. And mm. so I'd I'd go to the hospital and I'd end up and they'd say oh you're too young you can't have that or you know my doctor would oh. kind of shrug it off and um, I, I went back and forth for a while and a couple times I was diagnosed with diverticulitis other times they wouldn't give me scans because they were afraid oh you know too many CT scans really isn't good for you and it's like oh
0: uh, it's frustrating you know
1: you get a lot of stuff that happens especially when uh, it started when I was in my my late twenties and um, mm-hmm. so I went through that for a while and then ended up actually. Um, being hospitalized for like six weeks or or i think it was three weeks and then i ended up having to have a surgery where they they resectioned everything and then put me back together i was in the hospital i think for another two or three weeks after that Oh, Um, but coming out of that you know all of the doctors always told me you know you got to eat a high fiber diet but avoid seeds and nuts or avoid this but there's always high fiber and the fiber kept causing the problems and kept causing the problems and then when you're you know, in pain at the hospital, they want to give you um, opiates for that, for pain, right? And so that just makes problems worse. And it makes usually intestinal problems way worse. And so it was just this kind of compounding issue, whereas either you could kind of live with the pain or not. When I had the surgery, it was was life-changing quite literally because overnight that went away. You know, now I know the signs and I can kind of watch for things. Um, Stress is a big one, but you watch what you eat. And I know if I if I eat a bunch of broccoli, which sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, you go on a binge, you're like, Oh, look at that. This broccoli is delicious. And you'll eat like half a, a tray of uh, uh, broccoli because you haven't had it in a year and a half. Uh, <laughs> um, don't do it. Uh, you know, cause that'll, that'll be pretty rough. Um, but yeah. really just managing it's, it's a lot more breads. I shouldn't say super processed stuff. Cause it doesn't have to be white breads, but I eat more breads and more um, flour based products now than I used to. I ate very little of that uh, uh, when I was trying to be super healthy. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it seems to be much better to live on things like that and then um, avoid red meat i, I use mostly uh, uh, white meat pork things like that um beef for some reason seems to be real bad too but avoid those things and avoid uh, uh certain other trigger foods right um there's this thing called a fodmap diet someone talked about i don't know i haven't looked it up yet but they said that that usually is very helpful for people who have uh, similar challenges but it's just avoiding certain foods that'll either ferment or are super fibrous, and so it's things that can cause problems. But I I can't help oh. the fermented food stuff because that's a <laughs> that's a whole different yeah. that's a whole different love that's a whole different love of mine. Huh? So it's kind of messed up. Um, but it's a uh, uh, I learned a lot about it. It's a I know now they're talking about it more, but ten years ago, oh, you know, people your age don't have that. Now you see here all the time. Um, you know more and more people in their twenties are, 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 having colorectal issues. Um, and, and has and the a,
0: science or, or the medication or anything progressed since your initial, you know, I, with it in your twenties, or are they I still kind of, cause I haven't followed just as it lost as, as much as they were. Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: I, I had my surgeries and kind of sure learned that the doctors are great. My scans are great, but there was a lot of unknown. So I just kind of, you know, go with the flow at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird, you know, but, uh, I don't. You, know, I feel bad for anybody who has this, to but personally, it's, it's manage. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't yeah. feel bad for myself. It's it's things we go through, but uh, I do feel bad for who's going through that, and and especially if you have a, a medical professional telling you, "Oh, you know, you're too young for that." Whatever, uh, you know, advocate for yourself if you can.
0: Absolutely. <clears throat> Yeah. Get a second, get a third opinion. Keep talking until somebody listens. Exactly. That's what I had to do. You have to just find the right
1: doctors, you know? Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, it's a tough one, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good now. And that's been great. Um, And then food allergies, just be careful developing food allergies late in life. If yeah, you notice you have you, them, you just, uh... you mentioned that too, like quite a <laughs> bit
0: of seafood and, and how, what was your, did you actually have quite a, a bad issue with it when no. you found out, did you have an attack or something? No. Okay.
1: No, thankfully I don't go anaphylactic or anything crazy like that. Okay. Um, but even like last night we had a bunch of Chinese food, um, sure. uh, for the closing party, we brought a bunch of Chinese food in, and there was a fried shrimp that had kind of touched a bunch of other stuff. And I had eat, I was eating an egg roll or something like that. And my throat started getting really cheesy, just stopping eating it um thankfully i don't go anaphylactic. i don't go you know um um i don't drop on the floor or stop breathing or anything sure. um, which is good i feel uh, terrible for the people who do
0: but still that um, light of an exposure just it's just something it. that kind of touched a shrimp you didn't need a shrimp you didn't yeah yeah wow. yeah so
1: it started with lobster crab and then shrimp and it progressed into each one over time and it was just like a cruel joke every time it happened you know It'd be like we just made crab cakes i'm like well at least i can still eat crab and you can take a bite and you're oh, like oh no I yeah you're like losing that, them you know? one <laughs> at a time yeah that's not fair <laughs> so the doctor's like you should really stop eating all shellfish i was like no 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 oh. i'll be fine so it started with lobster and i went to crab shrimp and it all went through so now i don't know oysters are still fine thankfully you know i love oysters you can't get rid of those um but uh <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood <laughs> yeah i just i did i don't know if you heard that in the background but, <laughs> okay uh, okay i knocked on uh, wood too yep yeah, the it, it seems to be the uh 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 not the, the actual shellfish, right? It's been the the um I guess what is it, the invertebrates. Yeah. Um, uh, not the crustaceans. Molasses. I crustaceans, guess thank you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So
0: uh, and then yeah, no, please. Kiwi don't and eggplant. Away. Kiwi and eggplant too. That's that's yeah, kind of those though. They're, they're okay, <laughs> I was but like it's, you, you, you know... can give those up if you have to. I think we all yeah. could. I could I could let those go. Yeah, I you can don't let them miss go. much.
1: You know, eggplant not I mean, compared was... to shrimp and crab. Oh no, my God. yeah, crab's a the one lobster. Yeah, crab yeah. Hurts be the most. Uh, my wife jokes she'll eat lobster when when I'm not home. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So,
0: yeah. Well, I came to and and we're you know both obviously uh, fascinated with the beer making process, but I came to it through bread, and I thought it was kind of interesting that you mentioned both process and bread and biscuits and dough and all these things are your favorite things to prepare, and so you really are a process person, and that's. I think that's the part of it I love is like uh, you just get a hold of the best ingredients you can. And then you just have these great processes for how you do, you know, how you saute and how you uh, stew and how you slow cook and what all your you know different techniques are. And so I, I really liked your answer on on that. Can you tell us more about uh, working with yeah. flour and, and why you enjoy it so much?
1: Yeah, well, I think it might have even started. I, so I was a photography student at an early age, went to college for oh, right photography on. for a, a short period of time, but I love anything that's process-based. And so, you know, photography being quite literally process-based. Um, Very much. But I love the idea of those things that you kind of have to take through different steps to get them to their, their final product and they keep changing and that you have to constantly be envisioning the final goal while making adjustments and changes to what's happening in real time um yeah and so that's, that's brewing right that's why brewing is <laughs> amazing you know most of brewing yeah. is clean, cleaning and monitoring and you're like well what do you really do i'm like what well, you know with like i like barrel the most because you have to you have to kind of go with the flow you have to let things happen and then you have to use your experience to say this is what i think is going to happen if we can nudge it in that direction, but you're really, you're not fully in control. So it's kind of more scary, right? You're writing that edge where you're like, well, I'm going to just kind of just gently guide this where I want it to go. Yep. Uh, We're bread and stuff. I feel like it's more, you have to, uh, uh um, you're more in control to an extent, um, yeah. not fully at least, you know, but to an extent and yeah. with those things, it's not as scary, but you kind of have to be more confident. I feel like, you know, it's, a, a um, a jazz musician can play the wrong note, but if they play it really confidently, it, it, it might work. Still Baking, bit, I feel, yeah. can be the same way too. You know, you can work things at the wrong temperature, but if you do it right, you do it fast enough, you make it happen, you know, you can make small adjustments on the fly, but it's not like you have a lot of process time to do much about it. It's you start working and you have a limited window to get it done. Um, so I, I, I really like biscuits because they're a challenge. I like making bread as well because it's it's again it's a different kind of process where you you kind of have to react to how the bread's rising at least for sourdoughs uh if you're working with you know kind of a quick rise dough those are i don't know a little more forgiving i think um mm-hmm. it, that you can kind of make a lot of things happen just by bumping the temperature up for a short period of time and still get a nice rise or or whatever you need um but i think with each of those different processes you kind of have to like rely on your experience your intuition and then let things kind of follow their own course and and the first few times you do it, it's so frustrating because you're going to screw up so bad, or maybe you might do really well that first time, which is the worst thing for you because yeah, then, then, then you'll chase third, it. Fourth, yeah, like, you'll know that you can wrong? pull it off.
0: It's yeah, yeah I've I'm done wrong? that.
1: Perfect. You're like, oh, it was it was just. I've the had some real first weather. time successes.
0: You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I was My like, oh man,
1: <laughs> first time sourdough uh, like 15 years ago, perfect. Like it was beautiful, and then. Every other low for like three years sucked. And then I bought the Tartine book and I did this and I did that. And I, it's, it's like, it's one of those things you have to unlearn everything you've learned. You've analyzed too it's much like, and you just... It's you're the golf swing.
0: Yep. Yeah. yep. Oh. It's the golf swing. You had this one perfectly yep. straight, you know, right down yep. the middle at the uh, at the shooting range. And then that never happens again.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. So I don't, but it's just like chasing that. But I love the idea of, the, of these, just kind of anything that you have to take from one thing and it's something totally different and it's fully your responsibility to to model it through all of those steps but you're you're only so much in the driver's seat you know and i love that i I don't know it's something i i I was never a potter but i could i could see myself doing that right like where you're just trying to be perfect about it and that one little misstep could throw it all off or it could be beautiful you don't know. yeah yeah um you know they, they they have a little more patience and 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 (laughs) <laughs> ability to watch their things fall apart though. I think. Um,
0: there's a there's a certain level of uh in in the barrel aging process that I always felt like was kind of partnering with nature where I was a partner with the wood, I was a partner with the environment, I was a partner with the weather. Um I was a partner with everybody that was in that space that was contributing their microbes to that environment. Yeah. And to me that was like, you know, there's some trust there. You've you've created this you've created this painting. Now you're going to put it outside in a public space and let whatever <laughs> happens to it happen to it. And yep, I, I I at first was scared of that. And then I started to embrace it and, and fall in love with it and really appreciate the challenge that the variations of that environment and those conditions, you know, the product that that created became very special to me because I felt like it was like a product of trust. It was something that I had uh, essentially let go of and then collect it again which i thought was pretty cool
1: yeah yeah no i I that, that's a beautiful way to put it too it's just uh yeah there's something something magical
0: so you mentioned that you're a fan of a, a certain hamburger that i have had many many of <laughs> which is a dave's double uh from wendy's and I kind of want to hear you describe why you like it and see if you touch on any of the reasons why I, I'm a fan as well. So what, what yeah. is it about the Dave's double that you go for?
1: So I generally, you heard me say earlier, I generally don't do red beef, uh, red meat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so But if I'm going to, there's a few times a splurge. You know,
0: again, there's things you'll do. Um, Doesn't uh, that maybe make it even a little more special, though? It does. Well, that's why. I was okay. Because okay, so, so I'm like, getting that hey, way, too, where I don't do it quite as often as I used to. And now they're even more special yeah. and more delicious.
1: Yeah, But somebody says like, Oh, we're going to Burger King or we're going here, we're going there. I'm, I'm rare to be like, Oh, you know what? Yeah. I got to get something, you know? Um, I just maybe, maybe a Whopper like, but I got to be in just the right mood. Um, McDonald's, their burgers don't generally entice me at all. That's a, a, a just filler. If you need to put something down, mm-hmm. um, their chicken sandwiches on the other hand are pretty good. Um, yeah. but with, with Wendy's I don't know every once in a while my son gets the baconator which is just insane <laughs> I don't know how he eats it um but it looks good
0: um, I, I but, used to when they first came out I was a fan but I've, I've tried to revisit it and yeah, yeah. You, you can't go back home on that one
1: it just looks like a lot I mean I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> it's it a lot bacon too you know that's not a nice it is bacon. it's uh so I'd rather have a nice thick cut slice if I'm gonna have it right um yeah it's but the crispy uh Dave's, yeah Dave, Dave's <laughs> double man I don't know it's it's something about, it's like almost like two smack burgers, right? Two smack patties yep. with a little bit of mayo, a little bit of lettuce. It's not too much of anything, um, but they hit all the toppings without being that kind of McDonald's mustard heavy, um, you know, kind of flabby topping. Yep. And Burger King's toppings, something about their mayo I really don't like um, uh, on the as much. But Dave's just, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good bun. Um, it's a good amount of meat. I, I like the square patties too. Uh, there's a weird thing about eating the corners of that patty before you eat the rest of the
0: burger. Okay, um, you, you've now hit on everything. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know. There's, it's
1: just it's the you, there's some you nailed all my double. reasons.
0: It's just the... yeah. So I I really feel like the ratio is the is the winner, and that was kind of the first thing you touched on. Now, there's there's a real ratio thing going on there yeah. where they've got that like meat to bun to toppings to. Uh, to condiments it's all just right and it's obviously been very well researched because i've had a lot of them like i said earlier and (laughs) they all ring that ratio really well i've always felt like
1: yeah they hit the 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 singles don't it's just there's there's not enough meat on there there's a lot of topping the
0: the double the double hits the ratio it's it's just right
1: yeah like i said it reminds me of it's it's a a fast food uh smash burger in my mind without you know, a little fancier. It's got a little more toppings on it. But it's something with that. I love the double patty when they're thin like that.
0: I do, too. Um, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, Especially I've you get a, a little crisp on them.
1: They leave them on there a little. I don't know. You got to leave them on a little extra long. But
0: So tell me about this Swedish cookie that I do not know about. Uh, and I'm going to try to say it. I'm going to go with pepper cock or help me yeah. out. OK, so, yeah. Uh, uh, and how no, did you come uh, to know about this cookie?
1: So I'm from a, uh, a Swedish family, but as I nice. found out, as I get older, a lot of my Swedish things that I know about, uh, it's like most of our history. It's a, it's not always quite right. So sometimes the the words are wrong. So who knows? Sure, I've been sure. told this is Pepper cocker. It's um, yeah, uh, essentially like a really thin. It's a thin spice cookie, um, and they're just they're like a molasses spice cookie with a little bit of orange peel. Um, I don't know. Cause I haven't made them. My mom makes them. And so I haven't dared to try and take her recipe and make it uh, myself ever. And I've never looked into it. It just, you know, let her make those. Um, but they're just like the perfect crisp cookie. I love a, a really crisp cookie. Are they
0: super thin? Um, like, do they, do they fall really flat thin. when they're baking? Oh, pretty thin. Okay. yeah.
1: So, the, I mean, it's like baking a sugar cookie. You got to roll it real thin and have a real good yeah. dough and work pretty quick with it. Um, okay. but they're just, if, if they're thin enough and, and they're just perfect. So you have two of those, a little bit of glug, uh, which is a spiced molded wines, um, mm. on a nice cold day. There's just something about it. And I love cooking. I-, I can see how they would complement each
0: other. Like with all the baking spices, I'm sure yeah. and the orange. Oh, that sounds really nice. And if you
1: like a molasses cookie or like a ginger type cookie, but it's a little richer than both of those. Um, yeah. it's not like super, you know, molasses cookies can get a little kind of cloying and a little like licorice even without the, the black strap um yeah. it, it, this doesn't have that much right but there's just enough there it's like a warm a warming spice character and they're just they're delicious i don't know i, I love a good crunch too and
0: i'm gonna um, be searching for them now i wonder if there's maybe a swedish bakery I'm i'll I'll get on google and see if there's somebody in, in seattle maybe that's making them because i really want to i definitely want to try this
1: and i find i don't know if, if they have them at ikea but sometimes they have i have uh, seen them there before really yeah
0: we do have one IKEA in the entire state. I think it's down in Renton, uh, just a little south of Seattle. But yeah, I'm down that way. So yeah, they, they may know. have
1: them. I don't know. Yeah, they don't hold me to it. But they might. Um, well, so yeah, it's all good. They're, they're,
0: I, I never mind going to IKEA. I always think right? that's kind of a fun. It's like stepping it's, into a different country for a minute. <laughs> it's a weird
1: place to be sometimes. It is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. They're delicious. You can find them anywhere. You see them. Um, that or any like any cardamom stuff. I love all the Swedish cardamom breads and um i don't know it's a really nice a really nice spice to use just a little bit
0: yeah and i i'm gonna crave them until i find them for sure so thank if you you can't get
1: them all when well, mom makes them all sense them out <laughs> oh i hope you do make them
0: i think you should make them right um so you mentioned potato chips and that's it's it's funny how many people have mentioned that as one of their favorite snacks i mean i i assumed we all love potato chips but then, when you start getting down to the chips, uh, everybody sort seems to have their own uh, direction they go with them. Do you have like a specific flavor that you seek out? Is there, like one category of chip your there's, your type of yeah. chip, or is there like one brand that maybe is like your brand, or what's what's going on it's, with chips?
1: It's tough because there's so many types of chips. It's um, it's a very wide category.
0: The category um, has as, gone as nuts. Know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, it,
1: it depends. There's 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 all kinds of great chips out there. I mean, kettle. Yeah, I like a good kettle cooked chip. Um, I grew up with Cape Cod chips, but they're not my favorite at this point. But a good kettle cooked chip, I think, is is excellent, especially oh, yeah. if you get kind of a, a maybe like a zesty, like a spicy dill pickle or a, a little like. Little I jalapeno. love that. That's the first
0: like, that's the first one you say that is my favorite flavor right now, for sure, is a spicy dill, because I was always a like a salt and vinegar chip was always yeah. kind of my thing. And then it was like, oh, but with spice on it, like salt and vinegar spice. And then somebody did a, you know which is pretty much that's what a spicy dill is it's a salt vinegar it's close dill, a little less vinegar spice. right the powder yeah, vinegar ratio is. is a bit
1: lower which is nice it a is more palatable um, yep. i love salt yep. and vinegar too, and then they bring the aggressive. dill
0: into it and yep. it's just it's a, so good that's I such know, a good flavor i don't flavor. know
1: why they're they're great um those are good um could be the ultimate flavor of potato chip oh i gotta remember the company they're down they're out of ohio we got them at a at a rest stop, and, and that's to that's honestly
0: them. what I'm getting into are these regional brands. Like I'm finding some, I'll travel and find some regional brand of chip, and then try to look up how to get it, and then yeah, oh, they ship. Okay, so great. Yep, <laughs> yep. So we got
1: a case of these. I gotta remember, I can't remember the name, beginning with a G, but they had these um, horseradish cheddar chips that we got at a gas station. I was so hungover. We were we were out down with Branch and uh, my buddy Brett Smith at Branch and Bone, and he showed us a great time. Nice. And then driving down to Nashville after that, and. Um, I was having a rough day. Um, Waffle House didn't save me. Nothing was saving me. And um, oh no, we stopped at a gas station. If
0: Waffle Waffle House can't do it. uh Uh-oh.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it was was tough. So we stopped and I just like, my buddy goes into the store and I was like, I just need to get a Gatorade or something. I walked in, I was looking around. I just saw these chips and they looked punishing. I was like, cheddar and horseradish. Like, that's not what I should be eating right now. And so I grabbed the bag and I ate but half (laughs) of it immediately. And it, it cured me. It was one of those, like, you just have to push. It's like a, I have a few choices right now, but I'm stuck in a car. If I wasn't, I'd go for a run and, uh, you know, make myself just hurt. Um, Yeah. Sometimes you just got to work through it and uh, so you can come out on the other side.
0: Yeah. Those got Um, you there somehow. They they took you on that trip. Great.
1: You know, it took a little while, but they, they, they were were just, they were delicious and abusive and uh, it's like a nice crinkle cut, you know, like a, a gas station chip. I don't know. That all kinds of chips are good. There's, there's. I'm not a. I'm not a so you, fan. You, you, too Yeah, greasy. you
0: embrace the entire catalog. It sounds like. Yeah, but I, I like. I like that you mentioned kettle early on, and then you mentioned uh, spicy dill pickle. Which I mean, come on, you're. Those are accepted answers here. Yeah,
1: absolutely. What's <laughs> wrong with that? It's a great combo. No, those are I mean? like Oh it's, my it's, god, it's with true. a sandwich, totally. Totally <laughs> with a to sandwich. I used to want to do. I used to want to open a sandwich shop when I was younger. I was like, I'll open a sandwich shop, and all of the sandwiches will have a different flavor or type of chip. On the sandwich, and then nice. I got older and realized how difficult that was going to be. <laughs> it yes, it's like the worst <laughs> idea ever because the more things you have to try and figure out, yeah. So it's just like, well, that's a bad idea, but it still tastes great. You know, just oh, that no, just a little crunch it's, on a sandwich. I mean, it's,
0: it's maybe a bad idea for a business, but you're making me uh come up with some good combinations in my head for some sandwiches I want to make here at home. That sounds right? That sounds like fun. Start Next preparing. time I, I get a bag of chips, I'm going to be like, now, what sandwich do I build around this? Exactly. Exactly. Have you seen the guy it. that does uh sandwiches of history on uh no. he's on everything he's on reels and youtube and whatever um so he has these old cookbooks that he pulls sandwiches of uh, from from the 1900s i think even some late 1800s stuff and he'll just pull up these crazy sandwiches. It's always like on buttered bread with tuna fish. And it's always just weird ingredients. And always weird buttered bread during the recession. Always <laughs> buttered bread. Yes, it always starts out with buttered bread. If it's an old recipe, it's kind of funny. My grandfather um, but did it, it he also, Sorry, you Go ahead. Yeah, he also uh, tastes chips. So he gets chips sent to him from all over the world. And he tastes chips on another one of his channels. And then he does this weird episode, and this kind of pertains to what I'm getting to when when you mentioned chips in a sandwich. He does a weird episode also called Will It Sandwich, where he takes the three chips that he reviewed that week and puts them in sandwiches on Aww. like buttered bread or something, and eats just just chips mm-hmm. in a sandwich. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he announces whether or not it will sandwich, and if he likes it, he and and yeah. Anyway. I just thought that's that was amazing. an interesting thing. It reminds me of what you said. And I, I, I had to, never even thought of that until I saw him doing that. And I was like, I guess, okay. I can see that working. That's
1: amazing. Yeah, there's a guy I used to work with uh uh in Boston. He was a, a I was on a moving crew for a little while, and yeah, every day he'd get a loaf of bread, a thing of Kerrygold butter, and a couple of bags of like little small bags of Tato cheese and onion chips. Yeah. And he'd just make a sandwich with butter and cheese and onion chips. And they'd have like four that's of them for lunch.
0: Exactly it so apparently wow. that's a thing and yeah, no wow. one told me until recently so. yeah i just
1: thought I, I mean given who it was i, I still think it wasn't a, a gourmet decision but uh, it does sound decent they, those would definitely yeah. sandwich Yeah, will it sandwich oh, okay i gotta check this out yeah 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 check sandwiches him out and history. then uh
0: sandwiches of history is is his channel and he's just uh he's a fun guy he's he's quirky and cool and i i enjoy his channel um I thought it was interesting. A couple of your answers mentioned uh, one was a uh, Swiss fondue and the other was the Welsh rarebit. bit. Uh, so you're, you're a cheese sauce fan for sure.
1: Yeah. And our, our rarebit was, was, was a real knockoff. That was um, English muffins with Worcestershire sauce and a piece of, uh, if we were lucky cheddar, it might've just been um, um, American cheese
0: under the broiler. Uh, Bil- see, I want to Bil- try Bil- that Bil- version Bil- though, because Bil- Bil- I've only delicious. had what stofers or whatever I've never had like a real I've never gone to a restaurant and had it or anything so yeah, I've never yeah, really had toast, it
1: toast toast the, the English muffin first that's all I'm going to uh-huh. say if you don't it's a little uh-huh. kind of yeah it needs that crisp and then where underneath.
0: does the where does the Worcestershire come in like uh, how do you so when... you
1: actually put that drizzle that over the bread over the, the English okay. muffin after you've okay. to- so you have toast it put that over the English muffin uh you can do a tomato and then like I said we often had pizza of American cheese but um I am nice slice of cheddar Nice slice this, of cheddar dude. over that underneath the broiler <laughs> until it's bubbling and hot and See, it's delicious.
0: It's it, to me, nothing is weird when it's all products I actually really like. Like you just said a bunch of things that not only I like, but I have. So yep. you know, like uh yeah, I'm doing that. The that Worcestershire is
1: really nice with the cheddar. It's a uh uh it just I don't know, it 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 changes it, right? It, it adds that kind of umami, salty little fish briny. I don't know. That's oh, that, that, that Worcestershire, you know?
0: Yeah. I love it. I'm I'm a fan. And I, yeah, I, I don't even know if I connected that ever until recently, how much I love that in soy sauce. And then one day I was just like, oh, they're kind of, okay, they're, they're, they're different, sort of living but in the similar, same right? world. They're, they're, yeah. yeah. They live in the... And then I love fish similar... sauce too. So yep. it's like, they're all kind of living in that same same realm yeah. of funky and fermented and yeah. Yeah. And I then, think that's something yeah. too, is that like... Once you get exposed to that level of complexity, you sort of crave it and, and look for it in things. And so that's why I've, yeah, I will always have those sauces around.
1: Always, Right. They'll dress anything up real quick.
0: That's the sure. other thing. is It's a bit of a hack. Yeah. And my burger sauce or whatever, I'm always pulling one of those two out because I just, I I love the complexity that they had. Um, yeah. You, you also mentioned uh, something I have not had in years. Uh, a company, it's funny that we're going back to uh, social media again, but a company I find very entertaining on social media. And I wonder if you follow them, but you mentioned minute steaks and I, I'm thinking you're talking about steakums. Are you talking about steakums? No,
1: no, no. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Um, yeah. What are you no, talking I, about? What's I, a minute steak, steak then? I, steakums. I definitely make for myself. back then. minute steaks. Um, okay. they used to sell them as minute steaks. It was basically just like real thin crappy cuts of Chuck that were pounded out with a meat tenderizer. Oh, and sold okay. As, sold as minute steaks or, or Chuck steak sometimes. Um, it was basically just a steak that literally you, it would take like 3 minutes to cook because it was pounded so thin and it would just be these
0: really tough crappy cuts of meat just the, the cheapest um, thing they could possibly call a steak more or less
1: exactly and and yeah. so you get them at the you know there wasn't a lot of money for 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 dinner There's those oh, steaks I've had would be it be at the end of the uh, the butcher shop, Or you want some red meat here you go and um so my mom wouldn't make them at home it yeah, would cook them at home but you'd usually just buy them already pounded out like that um, if not, we just buy, you know, some cheaper cuts and then just beat the hell out of them. Um, and was and it straight into a
0: buttered pan or any okay. flour pan?
1: No, straight into a buttered pan. Um, just, you know, hard sear on both sides. Um, and then serve them with ketchup. <laughs>
0: with ketchup. <laughs> you know? There we go. Um, uh, Give it, me a they, shot of Worcestershire in my ketchup and we'll, we'll, we'll right? be all right there.
1: So I don't do it. I, ketchup and I are a little different these days. I still like ketchup with certain things, but it's mostly eggs. Um, or potatoes, but, uh, uh, you know, they have like potatoes for breakfast or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, I wouldn't put on steak at this point, but it was, it was just, it made sense. It was a good thing. It was kind of like, um, a fancy burger, right? Like it was, it was more steak than burger, but it was pounded out to a point where it's almost ground, you know, and, uh, then cook real quick. And uh, that was, we had a lot of those, you know, um, those meals, they're great.
0: The, the thing you said about ketchup there reminds me of uh, and steak reminds me of a, a kind of a, a saying that I think is sort of a polarizing thing um, about how, you know, people get upset about people putting ketchup on their steaks. And my whole thing is always like, well, it's it's their steak. Like, why does it matter? Like, yeah, put put ketchup on your well. The chef gets upset if you put ketchup on steak. It's like, well, I'm paying. I paid for this or, I'm, I'm you know, it's my steak at this point. Like, why does it matter? Can I just throw up cooking it? <laughs> Yeah, can I just throw it on the floor, like if I want to, or can I just throw it in the trash? Like, I'll pay for mm-hmm. another one. Like, I, that's my opinion on stuff. People would ask me about that, like with some of the beer releases we had. You know, people were mixing it with this, or they'd send me a photo of, oh, we, you know, we put hot sauce in it or whatever. And yeah. I was always like, hey, it's your beer, man. Like, do what yeah. you're gonna do. Bro. Do what you're gonna yeah. do. I and that's my feeling on uh, uh, ketchup on a steak is like it's as long as you don't put it on my steak. <laughs> and then we're yeah, totally no, cool
1: <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you so don't 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 yuck my it's not on mine right yeah, yeah. I'm, so and i fall i fall on both sides i guess right like if you're the creator you feel differently about it than if you're the like you know the bystander right so i don't know i don't know where i sit on that i gotta think about that one later <laughs> I, I i i
0: have this it, and, I, and the, where i come to on that is that i have this feeling that like everything i've ever made you know they, they use the word ephemeral for art that's like gonna go away quickly but yeah, like in the perspective of you know, I'm not making bronze sculptures that are going to be around for 200 years. I make beer and I make food and I make things that are, you know, either gone that day yeah. or maybe gone in six months, maybe gone in two years, whatever. Yeah. But not makes like sense. Yeah, and I, and in that time, I just want people to enjoy it, however they choose to enjoy it, so that I can have the the, the greatest impact I can and. Honestly, like I don't need other people to feel the same way I do. That's just how I feel about my creations. And so that's my ketchup on steak mentality is like, yeah, dude, put ketchup on my steak or on your steak. Just don't put ketchup on my steak and we're good.
1: Yeah, I like that view. That's a good view, you know? Yeah, that's great.
0: It it helps me accept. I think part of it was coping with, you know, like letting go. I think we talked about this a little earlier, partnering with nature and kind of letting go of your creations a little bit that final let go is, you know, to the, to the customer, to the, to the patron, hopefully you can look at them that way. Um, but, but at that point you have to kind of accept that it's their product to interpret how they want. I had somebody told me they hated one of my beers. Um, and then explained to me later in the same, uh, conversation that they drank it, uh, hot in their car. Um, just like after, after it had been buried in there for like six months or something. And I was like, well, I mean, okay. I mean, that's unfortunate that you improperly stored it and then you didn't even chill it down. And, you know, I was kind of, and then it was like, well, I mean, again, I have to come back to that was him putting ketchup on a steak, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, sorry that you had that experience, too. but, but please take some uh, responsibility for what you did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. That's a, uh, uh... I'd still be frustrated he let <laughs> he I was get beat up in the crowd. I was yeah, yeah. I no, think like, my first like, how can you? my like, first three four, four years of brewing were
0: were all about like frustration and lack of education and and I I yeah. really did reach this plateau of like acceptance and just kind of came to peace with it and I don't know it was sort of I think it was an ego thing I think I even had to get over myself a little no, bit I get
1: that yeah I'd probably gonna so. get there uh, whatever, whatever we all do. we all keep no, we building all that ego it. up. Shoot, it's, uh, it, no, no, it's one of those things, right? Where it's like, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, I like to control the the the, and we can't, right? You put it out to retail, it's out. Somebody yep. buys it and takes it home, and I, I, I like to control it down to the point of you know, I want I want to sit there and, and make sure it gets in the right glass, and and you know what I mean. It's in a clean glass, and and get a good head on it, and everything else. So yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one because you don't control the presentation at that point. It's you don't control anything about it. So if somebody wants no. to, yeah, make a black and tan with your lambic, you don't really have a. No, it's theirs to, uh, to make it again. to make a slushy with it. <laughs> yeah.
0: To to put it in oh. their slushy machine and add fruit juice and, and sugar. You know, I, yeah. I, have, I have this sick people were doing I that. Get a,
1: I want to get a slushy machine and and make take some of our, our finer wild ales and do some silly stuff with them just because. I have this dream about it. I haven't done it. I keep thinking I, about it. I
0: have an affinity for that for some weird reason. I love that level of irreverence, and I it's it, to me again. It shows ownership, like it's you like taking full ownership of it. I, I love that kind of stuff and perspective and sense of humor. Um, I, I did a, a thing one time at a beer fest where we did a lambic beer pong, where we played uh, beer pong but with lambic. We didn't mm-hmm. put, and everyone worries that we're like you put actual lambic in the cups. No, we didn't do that. <laughs> we just put water in the cups, but it was yeah, super only, fun. And everyone got upset about us doing adult. it. Yeah. yeah. No, just water. But yeah. I thought it was fun just to kind of, you know, low lowbrow, highbrow at the same time is sometimes my favorite stuff. You know, put caviar yeah. on that hamburger. Why not? Oh, sure.
1: Why not? That that's a great <laughs> idea, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, Alan, thank you so much for joining me, man. This has been super fun. And I feel like, again, like we talked about, that we were able to align on more levels than than just the food and beverage. And that, you know, we kind of saw some common ground on some philosophy stuff too. And I, I really dig on that, man. So thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you,
1: Jeff, for having me, man. It's been awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate it.
0: I wanted to give you a chance if there's anything you wanted to plug, if anybody can go to see what you're up to these days or find out about when that uh, beer garden will be opening up.
1: Yeah, um amorystomb.com. That's our website uh, and right everything on. on social media at amorystomb. Um we're really bad at, at social media and keeping news out there just cuz I'd rather be in the brew house um and uh, uh then then on my phone but um you could check it out. Uh we'll be doing food again hopefully soon in the beer ground. I can't wait to start our food program up, but I'm not going to lie, it's nice to take a break for uh, a little bit here. Um spending too many too many days cooking. Um, but it's, uh, uh, it's, it's great. We'll have everything back in the beer garden in a few weeks. We'll be doing an opening our market as well. And then hopefully our tap will be reopening in a few months. We don't have a timeline on that yet, but, uh, come see us outside and, uh, yeah, check it out.
0: Right on, man. Well, I look forward to talking to you again and again, just thanks for coming on and talking to me. It's been great. I enjoyed it. I hope you did too. I did. Thank you, Jeff. Right on. Have a great day.